0: Every day, Wisconsin agriculture, animal agriculture is depending on veterinarians to help them manage through these challenging times. I'm Farm Director Pam Yonke, and, you know, our veterinarians, our large animal veterinarians in the state, actually getting to be fewer and farther between, but there's efforts underway to try to change those dynamics. Joining us today is Dr. Scott Ernest. He is the one of the partners for Lodi Veterinary Care and a large animal practitioner himself, and one of the gentlemen that's kind of tried to catch capitalize on assistance that's been available to try to help existing veterinarians expand into areas that might be underserved or not served at all. Is this really a big deal in Wisconsin, Scott? I think a lot of people, probably those with uh, small animals, uh, think that there's plentiful veterinarians out there.
1: Yeah, you know, what we've seen, Pam, as as the number of farms has, has shrunk, uh, there's been a consolidation of veterinary services as well, and uh, there have been some changes in in the process of, uh, of becoming a veterinarian, and, and we're just not seeing as many as many new graduates going into livestock services. Um, in our area, uh, we had a pretty big gap forming to the north of our practice where um, as, as older veterinarians retired or switched over to only seeing small animal, uh, they're just wasn't anybody showing up to replace them? Um, so you know, we looked at uh, getting involved with the USDA to try to service that area, and uh, and really critically making a commitment to be involved in those communities and to provide 24-hour emergency care in addition to to daytime services because that's really. That's really what farms need from from their veterinarian, and, and we knew that we were going to have to figure out how to be available 365 days a year if we wanted to um, to properly service those uh, those communities.
0: Right, right. Now, the U.S. Department of Agriculture has made uh, kind of a grant program available. Uh, the National Institute of Food and Agriculture spearheading that. Uh, talk to me a little bit about how Lodi Veterinary Care got involved in that rural practice enhancement program. It's been you've been working with it for a little
1: while now yeah yep so we uh, we applied for a grant. Uh, we were awarded a grant in 2017 that uh, helped us to launch services um, up into the northern parts of Columbia, uh, Marquette County, Adams County. And um, these, uh, these grants were funded as part of the 2014 farm bill. Um, the USDA recognizes that, um, that there are some some problems with the distribution of, of veterinary care around the countryside. Um and, and we saw that as, as a calling and, and uh a chance to get involved. Um so we basically doubled our, our radius to the point where now we'll travel fifty miles or so from uh from Lodi. Um that's that's farther than we used to go and, and uh it's uh it's it's a big commitment but it's it's one that we've taken on happily and we've been able to get involved with some really great uh farms and and farmers uh, in that grant area.
0: Well, and you said you even have made sure to reach out to existing veterinarians that might be either slowing down or uh, thinking about exiting the industry. You want to make sure that everybody's playing nice in the sandbox.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I would agree with that. It's a, You know, it, it, it's tough when people have uh, have worked with a veterinarian most of their life, and then things change. That's a that, that's a pretty major major shift uh, for a business or for a family, and uh, you know, we definitely didn't want to you know come in as a as a bigger clinic and um, and step on anybody's toes. Um, so we've we've tried to work really really carefully and and interface with. Um, anybody that we come across who's still providing um some services, but you know there's also uh some newer things out there that that we're doing that we want to make sure are available to all the farms and and that would include things like computer records and um spanish language translation and um uh you know some some modern products and techniques that that can really help with uh making farms profitable and 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 getting our dairy cattle up to uh to top performance. So, um, just making sure that those services are available to to every farm that we can that we can possibly reach is is a critical part of our mission.
0: You know, Scott, uh, Doctor Scott Ernest, along with us, one of the uh, partners in uh, Lodi Veterinary Care. Talk to me a little bit about that investment that you've got to think through, Scott, when you're thinking about bringing on a new veterinarian. Uh, you know, going into new territory. You see the trucks on the road, and you see them pulling your yard. But I don't think that we always think about the investment in that truck. It's not just the people; it's that technology. You you can't take that lightly.
1: No, no, it, it is expensive to to get a vehicle on the road and to to be able to you know take everything anywhere at the drop of a hat. And we've uh, we've invested heavily in getting a clinic set up that is great for for hauling. People always have the option to avoid travel charges to get an animal into our clinic, um, and there's a lot of things we can do in there, but most of the things we can do in the clinic, we can also do in the field, so we have uh, ultrasound machines and, um, you know, full full stock of drugs and surgical equipment, and, uh, you know, being able to, you know, go at 2 in the morning in the dead of winter um, and have all that stuff available, well, there's, there's a big investment in that equipment, in that vehicle, um, and, and having a person who's trained and able to do those services at a high level um, so part of what this grant allowed us to do was to um, dig a little deeper to launch that service to a wider area than we would have been able to do otherwise and then um, as we've gained a little bit of traction in those communities from a business standpoint it begins to sustain itself and uh, we're looking forward to a to a long future of being able to be a part of those communities and being able to um, service the farms and um, help out with all the other things that we do, um, we've, we've made a big, big commitment to being a part of the 4-H and FFA programs and, and helping out with school kids and, um, and the fairs and, and trying to be a part of the community in addition to doing our day-to-day work on the farms.
0: Yeah, and those are the things that that community involvement is uh, sometimes the face of a practice, and like you said, if there isn't an active veterinarian in the area, suddenly those fairs are scrambling. Let's talk a little bit about uh, the calls you've been making lately, Scott. Uh, no surprise that there's a lot of difficult decisions that all of our livestock owners are making. What kinds of questions are they bringing up with you? How are they evaluating the animals they've got on hand and whether or not they're thinking about uh, culling some cows? I mean, tell me a little bit about the conversations that you've had and and where the area of interest is.
1: Yeah, well, it, it's been tough times here with, uh, with milk prices taking a turn and um, all the changes due to the COVID crisis, we we certainly are in some some uncharted waters, and and everybody's reacting day to day, trying to um, figure out how to go forwards. Um, you know, I think what we've seen is is a lot of farms have had to deal with uh, limited fluid milk sales that the the creameries are limited how how much milk they can take and and limiting the prices they will pay for it. Um, and, and I think that what you in a situation where you really have to maximize milk quality, have the lowest possible cell count milk uh, you can ship, maximize components. You, you want to be shipping the highest quality product possible to protect the market that you have and also to maximize what premiums you can get. Um, it's it's a great time to look at records and to try to tune up herd performance. It's a great time to uh, you know take a critical look at your animals and figure out if there are some that aren't performing as well as you'd like them to um, and make sure that, that, that they're turning feed into into human food as, as efficiently as possible. You really really can't afford not to be looking at those records in times like these, and that that's a big part of what we do is trying to turn a critical eye to the animals in terms of their health, their environment, the way people manage them, um, and, and we're, we're constantly doing that. You know, I think it, it's tempting to look at things like that as a as a luxury um, when when finances get tight and markets are down, but really it's the most important time to be operating efficiently. You know, I, I think today's dairy cows and, and today's dairy farms are just incredibly efficient. Um, you know, you look back at where we were 30 years ago and things have just continued to improve. Um, that's happened because of genetics, it's happened because of environment, it's happened because of... Um, the techniques that that farmers are using Um, tomorrow's cattle and tomorrow's farms are going to have to be even more efficient so we just have to keep uh, working every day to improve the health the environment management factors that that can get us there that can get our cattle there
0: and you were mentioning some of these conversations are really eye-opening to the producer they may call a fairly good-sized number of animals but find the milk tank doesn't go down
1: yeah, yeah, that that'll happen in some situations. I had a I had a very interesting um, conversation with one producer where we looked at um, the amount of milk that they were not able to sell, um, but by picking the the right cows to um, take out of the saleable milk stream at that time, they were able to improve the uh, the cell count average and the butterfat average on the herd, and they were able to pick up premiums that replaced about half of the uh, the lost sales of milk with um, with premiums for the milk that they were able to sell so that was that was encouraging of course it was still um, you know less total revenue than they would have would have faced in in better in better times but um, it was a bit of a silver lining and I think you know we both came away from that looking at okay when we get back to full sales potential and we can we can actually ship the amount of milk that the farms designed to to ship, we know some things now uh, about the herd that'll help us be more profitable in the future.
0: Yeah, it's that kind of silver lining that we hope to find more of as COVID-19 hopefully gets to be a part of our rearview mirror. That is Dr. Scott Ernest. He is one of the partners at Lodi Veterinary Care, large animal practitioner himself, and also Lodi Veterinary Care, one of the partners with U.S. Department of Agriculture's Rural Practice Enhancement Grant, expanding the uh, geography that they're covering to provide large animal veterinarian care for an expanded radius of farmers and just Continuing to stay involved in their communities. I'm PM Yankee.